This is a Federal News Network podcast. Healthcare community centers occupy a unique spot in the healthcare delivery system. Now, more than 1,200 high performing centers across the country have received federal grants totaling more than $100 million to boost quality improvement. For how the system works and how the government keeps tabs, the Associate Administrator for Bureau of Primary Health Care at the Health Resources and Services Administration, Jim McRae. Mr. McRae, good to have you on. Great to be on. Let's begin with healthcare community centers. What precisely are they and how do they differ from the other dozens of types of healthcare organizations? Sure, and thanks again to, to be a part of this uh, interview today. Uh, community health centers are community-based organizations that receive grants from Uh, the Health Resources and Services Administration, and their primary mission is to provide uh, basic uh, primary medical care services um, to underserved communities across the country. And in terms of those services, they provide a wide range. They provide basic medical care services, um, dental services, mental health. Um, Increasingly, they're providing substance use disorder services, and they also provide patient support services such as case management, patient education, and transportation. And these centers um, provide their services regardless of a person's ability to pay. Um, All their services are available on a sliding fee scale. And I think what's really unique about them is that they're actually governed by patient-majority boards. So the patients of the center actually um, oversee the day-to-day operations of these not-for-profit organizations. And are they mostly in urban areas or in some of the distant areas, tribal areas, or pretty much scattered everywhere? Um, they're pretty much scattered everywhere. They are in medically underserved communities, so they're in urban inner cities where there's a lack of access to basic medical care. They're also in rural communities, and they're also in frontier areas where there really is no access for anyone. Approximately how many are there across the country? There's about 1,400 at this point in time, um, and they provide services to over 28 million people in the country. Country, and they do that through 12,000 service delivery sites. So in other words, one particular center could actually have, well, has to have several sites on average. Oh, absolutely. I think on average, it's about eight to nine sites per health center. And those sites provide, you know, services in schools. They provide um, services to homeless patients. They provide services to children, adults, um, even increasingly veterans uh, and their families across the country. Somehow you have to keep tabs on how they perform. That's 1,400 organizations and thousands of locations. What are the metrics that you look for to make sure that they're performing up to snuff, and how do you keep tabs on it? Sure, that's a great question. Um, We sort of do it in two different ways. Um, One is sort of the basic, I would say, traditional way of overseeing grants, which is to make sure that they're meeting all of the statutory and regulatory requirements. And we do that primarily through applications that they submit into us, but we also do... um, typically on average a site visit every three years to make sure that they are meeting all the requirements with respect to the services that they're providing, that they have adequate financial management systems in place, that they have good quality health care and services in terms of how they operate, having a quality assurance program, and that their governing board is functioning like it should. And so that's one key aspect of what we've done. But we recognize that just focusing on compliance only is not enough. Um, And so over the last several years, we've been very much focused in the Health Resources and Services Administration about making sure that um, the investments that we make, which is about $5 billion a year, actually gets a good return on investment um, from those um, uh, resources that we put out there. And so there's a set of uh, clinical performance measures that we ask the health centers to report to us annually, as well as a set of financial performance measures. In some ways, it ties into the greater effort at 
HHS through several agencies to focus on the outcomes of delivery, even at CMS, as much as the compliance details? Oh, absolutely. Um, And we work very closely with our colleagues in CMS in making sure that our measures align with what uh, is trying to be accomplished through the Medicaid and the Medicare program, because actually these centers, um, a big portion of their revenues also come from those sources. And in terms of the um, investments that we make, it's uh, really trying to make sure that they get the biggest return on investment. And the whole focus uh, in the administration around value-based care and transparency is a key part of what we do with our oversight. We're speaking with Jim McRae. He's Associate Administrator for the Bureau of Primary Health Care at the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA. Now, these grants that went to additional grants that went to, I guess, most of them, about 1,200 and some, what was the basis for these improvement grants? We have all the health centers report on their performance, and that's been great. And we actually have put all of that information up on our website so anybody uh, in the community, to be honest, the public can see um, what health centers are actually doing, and we provide three-year trends in terms of their performance. And that's been really helpful in terms of, uh, I would say, making the health centers more um, accountable um, in terms of both to us, but also to the public in terms of their performance, because you can literally see how they're doing. And we actually rate and rank every health center on each of their performance measures, um, risk-adjusted based on their patient population. And that's been tremendous. But a few years ago, we decided that um, if we were going to truly make an impact in these areas, we ought to actually reward and recognize those highest performers. And so these quality improvement awards are actually resources, and again, not a lot, about $100 million out of our $5.6 billion budget, to recognize those health centers that are making the biggest improvements in terms of their quality of care and those that are providing the highest quality across the country. And that money is available for them to do what with? Basically to further strengthen their quality improvement activities, um, to do training for their staff, to uh, implement more evidence-based training. Um, And to be honest, it's really become a source of pride also for these organizations when we make these awards Of course, they appreciate the resources, but I would say the bigger and most more important thing is that it really has become a a piece of recognition for their staff. Um, They have often uh, done ceremonies where they've actually recognized their staff when they've received one of these awards. Um, Several health centers have actually now even put some of these award banners on the front of their windows to really recognize the quality of care that they provide. You know, the nation is dotted with walk-in types of health clinics. Some of them are in the uh, drugstore chains. Some of them are in storefronts, and they have offices throughout the country. If you were to walk into one of the community care centers, would it look like one of those places? Can they do what's, – what's, what's the level of service they're capable of up to, say, surgery? Um, well, it's a, a full uh, range of services that they provide at our community health centers. So they provide, like I said, primary medical care services, but they also provide dental, which is typically not available in your urgent care clinics. They also provide mental health services, substance use services, and patient support services. And I would say what's really important is that they do have that recognition as a federally qualified health center, uh, which we work really to make sure that they're providing the highest quality services and there's a certain standard of care that they're going to receive at our health centers. 
And one of the other recognitions that we do through these quality improvement awards is whether they actually have received that outside recognition as a patient-centered medical home. And so they must have to obtain some sort of charter from HHS to be able to operate in the first place? Yes. There's a whole set of requirements that they have to meet in terms of uh, becoming a federally qualified health center. We actually had a competition just um, about a month ago, and we had over 500 applications that came in, and we were only able to fund about 70. And so it's a highly competitive process, and people have to meet stringent standards, and they have to demonstrate how they're going to use our money to uh, improve the health of their community. It sounds like they provide a relief valve for the nation's emergency rooms, too. That's a key component. Uh, in fact, a lot of our health centers actually have referral arrangements with their local emergency room. They triage them at the emergency room, but then um, the emergency refer- re- room actually refers them to the primary health care clinic to make sure that their day-to-day needs can be addressed. And um, it definitely has been a, a source of relief for a lot of our emergency rooms across the country. And do these healthcare community centers have a price list posted? And if so, how do we have any understanding of the percentage of people that actually can and do pay? Health centers are not free clinics. Um, actually, all patients are expected to contribute to the cost of their care. But the services are available to people on a sliding fee scale up to 200% of poverty. About 93% of the patients that are seen at these health centers are below 200% of poverty. And basically, services are available to individuals at reasonable rates, and they are available at each individual health center. Jim McRae is Associate Administrator for the Bureau of Primary Health Care at the Health Resources and Services Administration, part of HHS. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.